It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, ma. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway, a Kyrie when he make a trade, and nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth that after you play it, you got a repeat. So in depth they might do an hour about the D League. So in depth you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen after every game is very important, Millie. Welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Want to thank you, as always, for making us part of your daily routine. We are here for you Monday through Friday and today discussing uh, some random leftover thoughts from Game 4 and Marcus Smart's impending return, which may be more impending, kind of carrying over from our previous podcast conversation. Uh, Here to talk about all of that is all three... Rain and Chase, all three. Sam Jam Packard from Twitter.com, Jay King from The Athletic Boston, and me, John Corrales from RedsArmy.com and Boston.com. So why don't we start with Jay King? Because you didn't get a chance to talk about that game. You are got to start with the scribe. best, baby. Well, you know. <laughs> well, sure. Let's go with that. Let's work. Let's let's, let's work that in. You saw things. You, yep. You're paid to write about this stuff, Jay. So uh, regale us with your professional opinion. Well, let's start with Marcus Smart, man. Let's start with Marcus Smart. You completely so just like cha- he, we asked to see uh, your opinions of the game, and then you just completely changed the topic, Jay. We'll get to I'd Marcus Smart. About, no, no, Marcus Smart first. This is this is a Marcus uh. Smart podcast. We're doing Marcus okay. Smart first. <laughs> he, he's questionable. He's questionable all of a sudden. No, you know what I'm going to do. Screw you. I'm going to edit this so we talk about the game first anyway. So, <laughs> But go ahead. Mark is smart. Go ahead. No? He got if very I'm upset. Being asked, if I'm being asked to be quiet, I will be quiet. <laughs> Jay King is officially around. mad online and will not talk about anything. <laughs> no, we'll go with the game. We'll go with the game. Um... I mean, disgusting first half. Disgusting first half. I think the big, biggest takeaway was, to me, or at least the most important takeaway long-term, obviously, is Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are just really good. We've known that for a long time. But Jalen Brown probably played two of his best games ever, maybe his two best games ever in the playoffs already. And those two guys just carried the offense in the second half, I think. Going small, going completely away from Greg Monroe was interesting. Going with Shemi Ojale for more than 12 minutes at a time in one stint was interesting. There was there was a, a lot of interesting things going on. Celtics still can't stop the damn Bucks, which has become an issue. Um, what about that curveball, yeah. Thon Maker? Thon Maker, man. Yeah, Thon Maker. How, Some of us didn't see Thon it coming. Maker? Since when is Thon Maker good, man? It's uh, that one's been a wild one. He didn't. He has ten blocks in the last two games. 
the last two months of the regular season, he didn't have ten blocks total. Yeah, he look. He's come in. He had confidence. I don't know that he got that pep talk from Kevin Garnett, and then he came yeah, out yeah. and underrated, underrated pep talk. They, they, I think that's, I think that's the big takeaway from all this. If if KG calls you and gives you a pep talk, you're automatically come out on fire. Just, yeah, you're just going to play better than you've ever played. Well, look, the Celtics basically ignored him in Game Three, and he came in and hit a couple of shots, basically shoot around shots and. We all know that he's capable of hitting threes. Obviously, now that point has been hammered home. But that's one of the things about Maker is that he's he's a big guy like that that can shoot the three. And the hope for them is that eventually, what was he shooting like twenty eight percent coming into this series? The twenty nine point eight percent. Yeah. So clearly, but hey, look, he still is is capable of hitting some threes. And if you just leave him wide open. Then he starts getting confidence, and then next thing you know, he's hitting that crazy bullshit step back three that he hit that, to start game four. That one was wild. That one was wild. That was stupid. That was like, that was probably the single dumbest shot I've seen playoff <laughs> basketball so far. That was, and, and somehow it went in. That, like that's a shot Brad Stevens literally he sits at night and he prays for that shot. Like that, that's exactly what he wants. That one right there. That's As, like a, a every, video every game glitch like that. Where you give yeah, a seven was... footer James Harden's abilities, and that was like a James Harden three, whipped off by a seven foot one guy. It's just, it was it was stupid. But look, back to the point that you, you give a guy like that that confidence, and next thing you know, he he starts hitting stupid things like that, and you have to account for it. Now he's cooled off, and we'll see how the Celtics attack that moving forward. I'm really interested by the Greg Monroe point because. I came into this series thinking Monroe could be a, a guy that changes things, but he's not hitting shots. He still, for some ridiculous reason, can't finish at the rim at all, and that negates anything that he would have given or, or any kind of uh, defensive missteps. Like that, that compounds, I should say, defensive missteps because he is just terrible defensively. Whenever he's in the game, the Celtics keep getting destroyed uh, by the Bucks. My favorite part of the series so far is when Stevens went to Baines and Monroe as his front court for the final seven minutes of the first half of game three. Because he was just, I, you have to assume he was just fed up with everybody. He's like, <laughs> to hell with you all. We're going to play Baines and Monroe together. It didn't <laughs> That's work. That's how it's going to be. <laughs> no, it, predictably, it did not work. Um, but that was that was my favorite Brad moment because he was like he's like screw you all man we're going with Baines Monroe. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. 
Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. This is why, look at this powerful transition, I think the return of the possible return of Marcus Smart is going to be very important for the Celtics because they're playing Shemi basically so they could have uh, a more switchable offense or defense, uh, and that's what they found to be the most effective. And if you return Smart, you just return a very capable defender who we know can switch on to bigger guys and still be effective. So if he does come back for Game 5, and now he is questionable, um, which we can talk about, uh, I think it will basically just tip the series directly for the Celtics. Uh, they should win the next two games. But I've known, I've been known to be a bit overconfident, uh, especially in these playoffs. That, that was a nice transition. Uh, so thank you, uh, Marcus. Smart, I, I do agree. I do agree that Marcus Smart coming back would can very likely tip this uh, into the Celtics' favor. Uh, the C, the series might be tipping into the Celtics' favor anyway, just by coming home. But there are two distinct. Ways that the return of Marcus Smart uh, can impact this team. Uh, I I want to look at it from the offensive side, but Jay, today on the Athletic, you wrote about it from the defensive side. So why don't you, since you've been itching to talk about Marcus Smart and you have the piece on the Athletic, <laughs> why don't you kick off the the Marcus Smart impact on the defensive side? Well, I think, like Sam said, the biggest thing is he can guard. Literally anyone in the series, with the exception of Giannis, and nobody can guard Giannis, right? Like maybe Smart could guard Giannis. I haven't seen it yet, but I think he could do it for a possession I, or three. You could definitely have him guard Tyler Zeller. You could definitely have him guard Thunmaker. You could have him guard any of Milwaukee's guards. Chris Middleton, I think, is the biggest impact, right? Like Chris Middleton has just been shooting over the top of guys. He's been drilling shots from the mid range, and Smart just makes you uncomfortable. He's not going to play that. Like Chris Middleton is not going to have the comfortable shots. Chris Middleton is shooting like 60% for this series. It's like actually He's, insane. If he could just have one off night, I think the Celtics would coach. Or one normal night, just a regular normal shooting night. How about that? Yeah, he's been he's been unbelievable. I mean, he has just been torturing them. And then on top of that is just Giannis, who's just doing Giannis things. And I think the Celtics have done a really good job on Giannis for the most part. And he's still like the most efficient person alive so so let's say to to me to me you have a much better chance of cutting off Middleton and I think smart helps you do that smart's another guy with size he's not gonna be able to get posted up because he just doesn't nobody posts up Marcus smart um so I'm I'm interested to see how he does that and then like you said with the switching like when Shane Larkin was in the game they had Shane Larkin switching on to Jabari Parker sometimes and Parker was just kind of like oh there's a 5'9 dude on me let me go to the rim and Marcus Smart is not a 5'9 dude. Marcus Smart is a damn bulldozer. So I think Marcus Smart is 
going to make a huge, huge impact. I mean, the Celtics, their defense has been bad. They're, they have the it's, second worst defense in the playoffs right now. They yeah, they need good. a lift. They need some smart. They need some smart. And <laughs> <laughs> especially the way the referees are calling this series, letting guys be physical, that totally plays into smart. Would you guys start Marcus Smart if he's cleared? No. No, I don't think I'd start Marcus Smart, but him coming back does give you the the freedom to try something like that or try Marcus Morris in the starting lineup if you want to go smaller. I like, think he's the perfect sudden, uh, like guy off the bench, just lead uh, with crazy energy and do something insane. Because the second unit, uh, especially in that second quarter, has been awful for the Celtics down the stretch uh, without Marcus Smart. I think he's the guy you put and you try to like give him the basketball because they really have been looking for a way to kind of generate the offense it feels like Tatum has been given a shot to be like the guy, but I think you just you bring him in as the kind of the the wild card, and he's perfect in that role. I'll disagree. My prediction. Go ahead. Your prediction Ooh. first. Oh no, go ahead. Your disagreement first. My disagreement is I will start smart, and for two reasons. One, I put I start smart, and I put him on Middleton, and I have Jalen check Brogdon, and 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 go from there because. Middleton, I think he if Smart's a better defender and you just need you need to cool him off somehow. So if you can cool Middleton off right away and get in his airspace and, and be much more physical, I, I think you do that and Jalen can easily guard uh Bledsoe or if they decide to start somebody else, whatever, but I, I think they go with Bledsoe again. And he's strong enough to to match Bledsoe's strength, and I think Bledsoe in Boston had some issues, and I, I just I think that defensive lineup works. The other reason, and it goes into the offensive part that I wanted to talk about, as as much as we've all preached at the Rozier Temple throughout the the end of the season and the beginning of these playoffs, I have noticed that he misses Al Horford on on rolls down the middle of the lane. Time and time and time again, he hasn't he hasn't thrown that pass once, and that we saw all regular season was Marcus Smart alley oop after alley oop after alley oop. So I think in order to get Al Horford some easy buckets, I want to get our our starting point guard Marcus Smart into that mix and finding guys that Rozier hasn't been able to, and I think that will help the the Celtics offensive. The Celtics offense flow a little bit better. So I think if Smart is ready and cleared, whenever it is, game five or game six, I want him starting, I want him checking Middleton, and I want him running the point and getting guys easy shots, especially Al Horford. Because Al Horford's been working hard for a lot of his buckets, but he's had to work hard for every single bucket, and I want him to get some easy ones. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think Smart's ability to run the pick and roll and pick and pop and to find Al Horford is going to be huge. Like you said, Al Horford, he had, he's only had taken six threes in the entire series. And that's that's not enough. He's he's one of the No, he's you know, one of the top three point top, shooters. Yeah. So you need you need him getting more touches from that three point arc, especially if Thon Maker's in there. Get Thon Maker closing out on Al Horford. Get take advantage of his overactivity. And that's something I think Terry Rozier hasn't done enough of. So, yeah, I, I, I'm with you, Smart. is going to be huge offensively and defensively. Bold prediction. Here it comes. Okay. 
Marcus Smart will either win or lose the Celtics game five. And he might Single both win and lose them. He might both win and lose them the game. Like, he, might, he might go four for 16 and then... And like, still win the game, though. And make, like, the best play then, in the final 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and then take, like, three three charges on Giannis in the full court in the final 10 seconds and save victory. Marcus Smart, his impact is always loud. One way or another, it's always loud. Um, you guys may have convinced he- me to start Smart, but I want... Um, Tito, I th- I would start uh, smart instead of Aaron Baines and just immediately go small, and then Tito gets a little bit better off the ball. I just don't think you can take with the Celtics struggling to score one of the better three point shooters on the team off the court. And I think Terry's like a, a guy who like plays better when he knows his role and is playing more with confidence. If you take him out of the starting lineup, I don't think it would be the best results. But I like the idea of having a kind of a just starting small. It feels like that's like what you do in the playoffs. And if you get to that earlier, just that's better. Aaron Baines has been actually pretty decent on um, the offensive class. But I just think uh, if you want to start smart, you can still do it. Uh, Tito can just be there right next to him. Yeah, I, see, I, I wouldn't start smart. I would take him off the bench. Um, but I, I mean, obviously, I'd play him a lot. I'd play him huge minutes. Last time he came back from a hand injury he came back and looked great right away it didn't impact him like he stayed in good shape he came back and was he started dunking he was a uh, dunking with two hands he was like explosive actually maybe he'll be rest well rested and super insane he, i mean he'll definitely be super insane <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say this there there is there is some some uh credence to the not smart in the starting lineup the the Celtics in game four actually did okay with their starters. They still didn't score a ton. The The problem came when uh, Brogdon and Delavadova and Maker checked in on the second unit, and that energy changed the game for a long, long stretch. So I, I don't know. There, I, I can be talked into smart m- coming in to match those guys. I, I just think that Smart coming in to tear off Delavadova's head. Yeah, but, but I mean, look, that, that's that's been the change. Right? This series in games three and four changed when Delavadova came in and started kind of being yeah. almost almost what Smart is an annoying little prick who can hit a bunch of threes. Uh, that that's Delavadova, and it, you know that changed a lot. He makes that stupid play. Off of Morris's stupid rolling the ball in, but he Delavadova is like the only guy besides Marcus Smart in the entire league who makes a play that dumb. But so yeah, I think there there is something to that. But I, I can also say that if you bring Rozier in off the bench, that he can he can probably succeed very well against those guys. So. I don't know. I can see it going either way. I can definitely see it going either way. I, I like. I like to. See, I just want to see a lot of smart with Horford on the floor. So even if you sub well, Horford out early and get him back in to end the fourth quarter, and that's when Smart's coming in, you start the second quarter with them, and that's your answer to the second quarter woes. I'm I'm down with that too because that that's something that needs to be fixed. But I w- I want those guys together because I really think that Smart instantly becomes basically the best passer on the team when he's back and that's an underrated part of his offense people don't think about that when they talk about Marcus Smart uh, for obvious reasons but that's that's to okay. me, I think what, what the biggest impact will be 
Okay. So, not starting lineup, but tie game, three minutes left. Which five are you putting on the court? Sam, you want to take a crack at this? Um, Al Horford, obviously. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. And I think I go Terry Rozier just for the for the shooting. I think you need to space the floor. I don't know. It's between him and Marcus Morris to me. I would go Morris. Same same lineup up Morris instead of Rozier. Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> well, God damn it, Jay. <laughs> but but I think the bigger point is <laughs> Brad Stevens finally has options. Yeah, that is Marcus true. Marcus Smart Marcus Smart finally gives the Celtics options. Like before Stevens his only options were like, ooh, let's throw in Yabu in the first quarter. <laughs> or, ooh, let's play Shemi Ojale for more than 12 minutes at a time. And now it's like, yeah. oh, real options. The now lineup can be based on the context of the who's on the court for the Bucks and who, what's happened in the game. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's wild it's, stuff. Brad, <laughs> Brad's probably so fired up that he can he can go with like two, two point guard lineups. He can go with bigger lineups with – Smart at point guard. How many times yeah. are we going to see Smart, uh, Tito, Shane Larkin, and Jalen Brown in the lineup in Game Five? I wouldn't be shocked with Jason Tatum at the five. They would. That, that would shock me. But <laughs> but I, I wouldn't be shocked if they go like three point guards and just try to outspeed the Bucks. Not give Brad more options, and and usually usually he uses those options well. Yeah, I think one thing that's. Uh, kind of gone by the wayside here. We talk about the coaching and the adjustments. When when Brad Stevens' big adjustment is, let's bring in Shemi Ojale to counter Thon Maker, you got some crazy things going on. Like, that's that's not something that we thought about going into the series. And you just don't have, you don't have those options, like you said. So it'd be nice to not, I mean, look, I love Yabu. I love Shemi. It'd be nice to not have to go to that have somebody in there that can shoot. Um, here's a question. And uh, Marcus Smart is still listed as questionable. We've kind of taken it for granted that he's playing in game five. Jay, you're the you're the newsman. Just like, is this something normal that the Celtics would do if they weren't intending on playing him uh, in okay. game five? My, my reaction to it, Smart previously said he was going to a doctor on Tuesday. If he received clearance, he's ready to go. And he thought he'd be... Re- ready in time for game six. My read on it is that either he's already gone to the doctor and he's got the clearance to go and he's going to play or he's going to the doctor tomorrow. And in which case he fully believes he's going to get clearance from the doctor and then he's going to hustle back in time for tip off and then he would play. So I think Marcus Smart will play. I, I mean, unless he's had some sort of setback and this, or the doctor just tells him you're not ready, you can re-injure the thumb, whatever the case may be. But questionable to me means, in this case, I would I would expect Marcus Smart out there. Plus, God knows what would happen to the doctor who tells Marcus Smart <laughs> he could not play in game five. <laughs> uh, it would be like Principal Skinner against, against the, the mafia in a boking accident. 
<laughs> J King has no, J. King has no idea. I love dropping Simpsons I, references when J King is. I didn't get that one. Not at all. I did not get that. Not one. at all. Uh, all right, so that's the Marcus Smart conversation, and we'll we'll wrap up the show shortly. Uh, is there any reaction to the last two minute report? Do you guys, we kind of we kind of talked about this before, but the NBA officially came out and said that uh, on that final play. Yeah, Jalen Brown got fouled by Chris Middleton. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo committed a, a, an offensive foul before that. But they also said that on a key turnover for the Milwaukee Bucks that Jason Tatum held Giannis's arm, which was blatantly obvious and didn't get called. So kind of, you know, tit for tat. Either way, both both teams got screwed. I don't know. I, but if the thing that happened to the Celtics didn't happen, they could have won. That's true. You That's know, true. so, so you I'm know, angry about it. We can be, we can be mad. We can be mad about this. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, it was an obvious foul. There's no surprise that the last two minute report says that Jalen Brown was fouled. Like, <laughs> he was clearly raked across the arm, but when he raked lost across it, the face, he was wearing that bandaid yeah. during practice this morning. That was kind of like the Paul Pierce move when Paul Pierce came with the bandage on Yo, his head. Totally. In in the Pacers series. Um, but I don't think Jalen meant it as like this huge statement. I bet he, he did. I bet he was well thought out. No, he, I saw him getting it. I saw him getting it in the locker room. Yeah, but he probably was, asked for the biggest bandage possible so the cameras could see it. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> think there was anything sinister about it. No, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure I have this was, one right. If there was, he should have gone with the full bandage like Pierce did. That would have been fantastic. <laughs> but. But yeah, the last two minutes that's so it's always so dumb. It's it just infuriates both sides. It's there's no, nothing that nothing good that comes out of the last two minute report except the fact that the NBA ultimately wants to be in sports betting and so they want to be transparent as possible. That's it. That's all it is, really. Um all right. Well, any other thoughts before we wrap this up, guys? None. None. I'm without thoughts. J King, I know you need to get off to dinner. So we'll wrap it up. I want to say uh, thanks. Smart. Huh? What? You want more smart? I was just going to say, smart is going to go four for 13 and be a plus 19. <laughs> I would not doubt that. There's zero That's chance he doesn't lead the team in plus minus. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, all right. So, uh, well, thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope that you have enjoyed it enough to subscribe. If you are not a subscriber, search for Locked On Celtics wherever you get your, your podcasts. If you are a subscriber... I uh, just want to say thanks and go ahead and give us that five-star rating and a good review and spread the word. Before we go, uh, on a serious note, I want to send our thoughts from all of us out to the, the people in Toronto who today, as we record this podcast on Monday, uh, their city suffered a, a terrible attack and uh, nine people lost their lives at least at last count. And uh, I know that we in Boston and those in Toronto have a a playful banter going back and forth about our basketball teams, but uh, real life is serious, and you know we stand with you guys, and we send our thoughts out to you from all of us here in the Lockdown Celtics podcast to the people of Toronto, our friends and brothers and sisters up there. Uh, stay strong, and we will uh, stand with you as you go through this. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been the Lockdown Celtics podcast. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.
Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.